0: Ah, did I tell you it was good? Okay, welcome to part two of my talk with Deep Throat, a woman who it was funny how we first met. It was um, she was so, she's such a sweet person, and she was cagey and didn't want to tell me her name. And um, I knew she was out there and around. And then finally, I agreed to have dinner with her, which was incredibly kind. She bought me dinner, and we talked, and she started sharing information with me, and I. Discovered what a good soul she is, and she is so committed to really understanding the truth about Joe d'angelo and I just um I hope you enjoy her as much as I do. Here we go. Here's part two. Most divorces you don't stay in each other's business like that, and yet, they continued to support one another, even if it's just fiscally, during that time, which I think is super interesting. And we'll just put leave that there as super interesting. <laughs> so, <laughs> just, this is okay. This, when you start to really look at all this, this is the world you start to live in because you're like, oh, I'm really looking at the behaviors now. That's an odd behavior to be with a man that you didn't want to be married with, and yet you're still still married, and you're and he's in jail, and you're still taking care of his stuff. Huh? Interesting. Okay. So, all right. Now you have some other sources, or you can also comment on that because I know you have a lot of thoughts.
1: Um, I'm not going to comment on that divorce stuff. I That's, <laughs> I mean, I was in court and saw it all go down. Sure enough, but um,
0: you were in court watching the div- No, you were which, you were in court watching the divorce proceeding.
1: Yes, I was.
0: There you go. It was.
1: I mean, it was in Auburn, and basically, it was only her case. They did put another emergency case in front of hers that's it at the most there was maybe 10 or 15 people total in this huge courtroom and of course the Auburn courtroom was built I don't know when 1800s it's old and um yeah there was hardly nobody there and I watched it happen and I don't know what to say about it
0: well there was there anything noteworthy about it or was it just pretty regular
1: well the divorce part of it i mean the judge said thank you for not making me make this file be um i forget what the word to use there's there's a way you can make a divorce file not public and but she didn't she did not ask him to do that so it is a public file anybody can view it um the case that happened the emergency case that the judge had to hear before hers Involved a young girl um, and her ex husband, boyfriend, and he was doing horrible, horrible things to her. And she was there to get a restraining order. And um, I just saw Sharon and her attorney sitting in front of me, just nudging each other, laughing, making. Fun- I mean, I just didn't see anything funny at all about that. And evidently they thought that was funny. But I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's interesting
0: because. Um, okay. I guess we would call this gossip, except that it's for anybody out there who wants to be critical right now. Yep. This is absolutely gossip because you're sharing a story of what you saw and you're interpreting actions, but it's really important, I think, because it just speaks to um, the, the, a way to characterize people in the absence of a way to characterize them otherwise. So yes, we're going to get other books. There's going to be other people talking, but the, to be perfectly honest, and I know a lot of folks get concerned about talking about Sharon but here's the thing and I and and deep I think you have said this very succinctly which is if you really feel bad about what's happened there's a way to let us all know that
1: right and 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 to me when I when I saw those actions of hers in court where this poor young girl was being terrorized By her ex-husband, ex-boyfriend, and Sharon thought that was funny. Ah, just oh, I wonder. Just makes me wonder what she thinks of all the other victims that her that Sharon's ex-husband victimized too. But uh, just made me sick to my stomach. That's all.
0: Right, because because in all this time, in two and a half years, she hasn't made one public statement at all. Which I guess I can understand that maybe, but but. Earlier, we've talked and, you know, you've pointed out that there's a way to come forward and say, look, this makes me feel sick, and I am also a member of this community, and my heart breaks for everyone that's been hurt, and I understand, again, she's an attorney. Attorneys, I grew up with one. They're, they are unique people in that they've been trained to never flinch, and they, they've been trained to never, ever give up their position. Because if you give up your position, then somebody can come at you and say you have a point of view, and now they can come for you. So lawyers are notorious for trying to be neutral or trying to be slippery. And I don't mean slippery necessarily in a bad way. I just mean that's how they're trained. But she's also a member of this community. She's raised three children. Okay. The, the community was terrorized. I wonder if she was ever afraid. Was she ever afraid of the East Area Rapist? That is like my most biggest question for her. Were you afraid? Because technically, if she's like every other woman that lived in Citrus Heights, Rancho, uh, down by campus, anywhere else, people were freaking afraid.
1: Was all she afraid? I really ever wanted from her was to come out and say, I feel for all you victims. I mean, I just Feel for you. I wish I could give you the details. I cannot give you the details right now. When I am legally able to give you the details, I will share what I can with you people. I know that the knowledge I have will bring some sort of solace and uh, peace to the victims and people in this community. Um, I would like to hear her acknowledge that she holds a special place in all of this, having been. Um, married to him and been with him the longest and because she does hold that special place in all of this she has a special responsibility uh, to bring peace to the uh, even if it's a tiny little bit of peace that she can to people and just give them that I don't expect her to put herself in a legally um, poor position and share details. I don't expect her to share details. I expect her to share human, humanness, but that hasn't come, and I've given up on it, so if it came at this time, I don't know that it would be worth
0: anything, so. Yeah, I'm not sure it would feel, I'm not sure it would feel authentic, um, I, I, you're so right, so, okay, so we got a little, just digress, but I know it's something that you've thought a lot about, because you are in all these records, and, it's, and you've dealt with her name and her personality a lot in the research that you've done, so I really appreciate your point of view on that, because I think, folks, it's right now, when it comes to Sharon, it's just a, a, a ton of speculation and a ton of um, you know, conjecture and all that kind of thing that we do in the absence of real information. But you've actually had real information. You've sat in a room with her. You've read a perspective on things. You've gotten to know her at least research-wise. And that's probably more than most. So I do appreciate you've often provided me guidance and insight on, on how to understand her. And I really appreciated that. And, and listeners know, I don't, a lot about that other than my own hypothesis, but I'm very clear it's my hypothesis. So, and that means, guys, it's not I don't have any proof. It just is my get best guess based on what I've learned and heard and seen. So if we go back, okay, so I'll just we'll transition back to the other places to get information. You were talking about you were talking about find a grave, which I did never knew about, but actually oh, discovered because someone who isn't a family member had Um, listed my grandfather and then my dad's listing and find a grave. And I had to grab them back and take back ownership of them. It was Ann Penn who had originally done that. And it really pissed me off because she did it based on her point of view. And she left a whole, well, in my grandfather's case, she basically left a whole human off. Like my grandmother, she focused it on her grandmother, who was the woman I couldn't stand, who was my grandfather's third wife. But I'm like how can you list this find a grave but i've also noticed in other cases it looks like um well-meaning people also can list list graves there so what is find a grave
1: well findagrave.com the good thing you can get from that is um other family members names now as you know when women grow up they get married they change their name sometimes they have two or three name changes I needed to find somebody connected with the Rockland series. Um, D'Angelo did a whole series of Rockland burglaries and unfortunately a sexual assault, kidnapping thing in Rockland. One of the persons that was burglarized uh, of the, one of the females I wanted to find her and I had no idea what her name could possibly be but by looking up her dad who was the original victim who is deceased um, you know when they say so-and-so has passed away and here's they leave a son called this name and a daughter called Mary Jane Smith um, that'll just give you their most current name when the other person has passed away so that did help me find find a grave did help me find a lot of the uh family members the female family members of the rockland burglary string that he committed he committed the rockland burglary string in november december yeah the the holidays were his favorite times i don't know why maybe it was the stress but um and he did a whole slew of those in Rockland. So um, once again, it was the news. The 70s. That's the seventies, right? Seventy six was yeah, nineteen seventy six was that string of burglaries in Sunset Whitney. It wasn't called Rockland at that time. It was Sunset Whitney, and um, and a couple years prior to those burglaries, the sexual assaults and the same the same group of housing. So um, the and newspaper I, I articles so, it, was it, it, one.
0: Oh. No, I just think it's interesting because he's coming up from Visalia. He's got this burglary thing down. Well, we're calling him a ransacker, but he did steal things and that some of those ransackings, random, weird. We've just heard from Margie, completely weird ass stuff. So he then he makes his way up and he's now in Rockland, but he's pretty much flying under the radar, right? Because a lot of these crimes didn't particularly get commit. How how did you you found him in newspaper articles, not really necessarily in Police records, right? They weren't necessarily reported. Well, the police records—nuance there. The
1: police records are destroyed, but the newspaper articles brought it to light. And then when I took all the names, I took the names, the addresses, the dates, and everything out of the newspaper articles and put them in a spreadsheet so I could actually see what we have as far as dates and stuff. Uh, some of the newspaper articles didn't give the exact addresses or something, but I was able to fill that in. You're able to fill that in with the other searches you can do on the web so once again once you get the names of all the people the dates the addresses then you write that information down and you can actually call these people and say remember 40 years ago when your parents house got robbed I mean people are dying to speak to you about this stuff dying to talk to you about this stuff and they fill in a lot more details then the newspaper articles filled in. And unfortunately they tell you lots of other stuff that you may not want to hear about it too. But those crimes in Sunset Whitney were the same exact Visalia ransacker type things that he did. Like one of the victims in Sunset Whitney, he took the 1922 silver dollar that was given to one of the victims the year of her birth. Okay. Um, the same thing with the clock radios and and entering the residences that backed up to a golf course or a green belt area. same things. Um I heard from the victims that they knew they were being watched because they, were always home and they had a full-time housekeeper there 24 seven and they only left that day to go to the bay area to visit their grandmother and when they came back they were burglarized and a lot of the a lot of the guns were stolen in those burglaries in rockland um it makes me wonder i wonder if i wonder if those guns were ever used in the commission of other crimes, like um, right after those, I think the Rockland burglaries, he committed those other crimes, um, the shooting in Rancho Cordova, uh, the The Magiores, right, and the other shooting over there. So he had a gun,
0: yeah, and he's not using a police gun, of course, so he wants a gun that's not traceable i
1: he may have gotten rid of a lot of his little trinkets but the firearms i think he kept the firearms and there are many pictures of Sac county sheriffs pulling firearms out of his house when they when they searched it and took these out so whenever we can see the list of the firearms and maybe if rockland pd gets it together and we'll compare the lists maybe (laughs) just maybe they'll find i don't know I don't
0: know. You know, that's really no. interesting because we don't know if, um, I, I don't know if the SAC police or the SAC investigators know to even look at the Rockland stuff. Is that jurisdictionally they're separate then? they're that Rockland's not in Santa Cruz, I mean Sacramento County? Santa Cruz. They're not no. in Sacramento County? Oh.
1: No, Rockland's in Placer County and
0: Rockland. World of jurisdictions. Oh man, damn.
1: I, I I don't know this for sure, but I was told yes that Rockland has contacted uh, Sack County to try to get a copy of the list. I'm guessing that at this point, Sack County is not willing to share what is on that list because of the big secret currently. I, I don't care if they do it right this minute, but eventually, I want those two things to be compared, and I want to see if well the silver dollar boy he stole silver dollars from a lot of other people though um yeah the coin
0: that's actually a yeah it's funny stamps coins like it it, i it's generally he he like I, i know being um not i'm i'm younger than he is but stamps and coins have always been kind of this cool thing especially if you're older because those are the kind of things you could collect and they were small. So you could have keepsakes and stuff. It's funny, just stamps and coins have always been kind of this cool thing. And so it is something he fixated on.
1: Yeah. All Uh, the things that you heard, all of the things you heard that he did in the previous crimes, including the taking women outdoors and that sort of thing. Believe me, he pulled it over here too. So,
0: okay. So find a great help. Sorry. I just, that's, it's, I think it's so interesting that you, you know, you've got, you focused in on Rockland and the whole area that we never even talk about. But for all of you guys who are super sleuths, it's, um it's an interesting, a, a, a set of crimes. And I just want you to have well, it in your mind that this is, you know, well, hey, prolific. Visalia
1: and Exeter were 12 miles apart. Okay. Auburn and Rockland are, Twelve miles apart, and and you know he was hanging around up in this area anyway in 1973 when he did that little class he took over at Rockland. I mean over at Roseville, Roseville PD.
0: Well, and uh, how also many... Bonnie, where was Bonnie's family's farm?
1: Well, in is that,
0: in the, is that yeah. Rockland or is that still coming a little more into Sacramento County at that point?
1: No, it's here. It's in Placer County, but um i'd say that's up the road five miles from rockland so it's halfway it's basically halfway in between auburn and rockland it's in penron
0: and and his relationship with bonnie is of course not in the mid it's in the early 70s isn't it i don't know yeah It it was
1: 1970 and 69 70 and 71 that's when um D'Angelo was going to school at Sierra College in Rockland as well, so and that's okay, so where he, he, he met. So he was definitely okay. familiar with the area.
0: Yeah, I was going to say he's completely familiar with the area at that point. If you're going to school there and you're bopping around and you're buying your hamburgers and whatever, okay, now I really want a hamburger, by the way. Um, but you're but you're bopping around. That's right. He's know he knows Rockland. I, I that's what I thought. I thought we had talked about Bonnie's family being from that area. Um, that their farm and everything is right there and so or well kind of up five miles not that far and so this is all his hot spot before in the early 70s and then Rockland, and and that's and then he and then he he must go back to Visalia I don't know exactly I I don't know the history as well as you do but he goes away but he comes back to Rockland as he leaves Visalia right he comes back to Rockland living in Auburn at the top yeah He was
1: driving back and forth because he had family, I guess, in the Exeter area. And I'm guessing he had to drive down there to interview when he was applying for the police department down there. So whatever. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Okay. So, but this is his, this is his area. I mean, we all know it. This is his whole, uh, he's, this whole geographic area is his. I'm sure he feels extremely competent. This is why when they, uh, this is also how I get distracted because I'm like, I still believe those the souvenirs and what I call his database, which is again, probably a journal is somewhere in the foothills of all these areas, somewhere he knows where to stash this crap, including all those damn guns, which they did get out of his house later, but I'm sure at the beginning, he didn't have guns around. Although even if he did, I mean, this is where I really have a hard time about his family, not knowing a thing, not the girls, not the daughters, because daughters don't pay attention to that stuff, but the adults in his life really not picking up on anything because we're talking about I mean, he threatened Bonnie's life. He, in, as early as the early 70s, he's threatening Bonnie's life. He's terrorizing her. How in the world do the rest of the adults in his life not pick up on this? But okay, we'll just move on. Let's talk about some other places to look for information. What about jail?
1: The jail roster? <laughs> yeah, the jail roster. Hey, the jail rosters are always posted online. Um That's public information, and you can access it by looking on the web. Smaller counties across the U.S. might not have it posted on the web. But even the ones that don't have it posted, if you call there and say, um, is John Q. Smith um, in your jail right now, they just look down the names, and they have to tell you yes or no. Um, And so, you know, the information that's usually given out is their name, Uh, When they were booked in, when they bailed out, if they had bail, when their next court dates are, um, other court-related things like that. So you might want to know when somebody is going to be showing up at court next. Um, Obviously, women who are afraid of abusers really need to know when, when somebody got out of jail. There's a whole system on the on, they make available now just for that. And if you enter your information, and they'll notify you electronically the second somebody bails out of jail, yeah.
0: Okay, guys, take a moment. That's really important. Anybody out there who could possibly be in jeopardy, I just this is a really important piece of information. Get yourself aware and go get this information. Know when they're getting out. Know when their court dates are. Know where your um, perpetrator is the jail roster will help you. So um, that is vital. That's just a, a vital piece of information for anybody out there who is being victimized. Thank, thank yeah, you for that, that, that. that. I mean, it's research, but it's also really a lifesaver for anyone who's in danger. It is. And then there's the good it old is. regular kind of thing. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off.
1: No, that is, that's a good one. What's the girl regular thing?
0: The good old regular kind is vital records, the regular stuff.
1: Oh, birth certificates, death certificates, marriage certificates. Um, I know people think that they can't get copies of these nowadays because of people stealing identities and so forth. But you can. Um, You just have to tell them that you want an informational copy. That's different from an official copy. Uh, They do know that lots of people are doing family research. And you don't even have to have the same last name, but um I know somebody else was asking was interested in um, obtaining a death certificate, and I told them how to go on the web they almost every county has a form, you just fill it out, and usually there's a small fee associated with it. I'd say less than ten or twenty dollars and um and you just fill out your name and address and where you want it sent. Um, Sometimes they will make you see a notary public. And, you know, so the notary has to swear to God that it is you who's asking for this information and uh, fill it out. Say, I want an informational copy and they send it to you. So if you're doing family research or anything, that's, you know, the death certificates and stuff usually list the, you know, the cause of death and the date and the county and all those kinds of things that you might be interested in.
0: Yeah, I think this is interesting because now we're in this world where people are like, I need the official copy of your birth certificate, which used to not be such a big deal. But I suppose now I'm understanding that the reason they want the one with that official kerchunk stamp on it that gives it a texture is because people can get informational copies. So that, folks, is why you're now paying for official copies of things for ridiculous stuff sometimes. Like, especially if you have a kid and they're going to school, My, I can't tell you how many times I needed Katie's legitimate official birth certificate for even for camp and stuff. Some weird, really weird places. But it's got to be also to just countercheck this informational copy stuff, which is, I guess it's cool. I don't know. I'm like, whoa, they could get a lot of information. But it's legal. Wow. It is legal information.
1: It is legal information, but they're real sketchy nowadays about the birth certificate stuff, I will say that. Um, not as sketchy about it. If you're pulling birth certificates from the eighteen hundreds, um, I even had trouble with that and I was saying, Well, what is wrong with you? Obviously I can't impersonate somebody who died hundred years ago, but um sometimes they give you problems with that because of, you know, the identity stuff. So who knows? You now, just sometimes I have to- so,
0: though. But couldn't I go to Ancestry or yeah. that the Mormons have a big one too, right? The, the Mormons have a big.
1: Um, yeah. Where is is family searched? Family okay. search. Or. Family search. That one is okay, good so, too.
0: And does family search require money? Because Ancestry does. You do have to be a member, although you can get a free trial for a month yeah. if you're doing something specific.
1: No, Family Search is free. You just have to make yourself an account, your name, and all that kind of stuff. That's it. But it's free. Okay. And you can research all of your family history. I'm sure the family history people used all those websites to research Mr. Loser of America.
0: So. Yeah, you're right. I mean, the genealogists go for it. Yes. Um, yeah. But, but those are just two more resources, guys, you can use if you don't want to down the vital records path. A lot of this stuff has been layered they uh ancestry and i believe family search have layered in these databases so that you can get this information that way as well because i know that's even for my own family i went and looked and went oh uh, oh, <laughs> related to who like i mean it just surprised me yeah. and,
1: then,
0: and then why would i want a baptism record what does that tell me
1: well because well okay so baptism records really are great to have from especially 16 and 1700s uh 1800s because we did not always have like county vital records areas in the 1700s or whatever um people really relied on their churches and that those maybe some of those things were only recorded through the church when back in the day when people gave birth they didn't give birth at a hospital um they you know and then the only record of the birth would be when they took the baby to the church three months after the fact to have it baptized because
0: you're nice, you you're, know, I, you know, you're, you're right. I, it's funny. I just listened to, um, cause I don't have time to read, but I listen to books, but I just listened to educated where she talks about one of her biggest struggles, even getting into school was that she didn't have a birth certificate because like you just said, the birth was at home. It gets recorded in the family Bible. It's, you know it's just not and and they were there was no county state where they were I mean they were far away from where you would record a birth anyway and then there was still kind of paranoia in a certain certain times of our history where people didn't want to be known so yeah you're right I, I hadn't even thought about the power of baptism records as being the way to find someone otherwise like because things weren't because they weren't done unconventionally or conventionally for the time and actually being legal was just yeah not really happening yet it, it wasn't in a hospital and yeah it's so interesting
1: so yeah because think I, of it, that's only that's only recent history say the yeah. past what 100 years or something that we've been doing yeah. it that way well
0: maybe 100 yeah. years yeah you're right and so okay so now these are the those are to me these are all really kind of good solid conventional ways and then you have three things on here that I think are interesting because they're places where people not might not think to look and the first one you have on here and you spoke about it um, already but I think let's we'll talk about it real quick again is this California Department of industrial relations so anywhere <laughs> it's a weird title but any state would have this it's kind of like the employment area right or or worker yeah comes out of
1: It's different. I mean, in California, you have the Employment Development Department. That's EDD. Um, Boy, I would love to get my hands on those files. Because that would tell us where where he was, like, employed. Yeah. You know? And when he was not employed. Think about in your life the times you filed... Records for unemployment when you wanted to collect unemployment. It's either private, and unless we can get a court order, those we can't see, unfortunately. But the California Department of Industrial Relations—that's where people file, like a workers' comp claim. And you're right; every state will have their own thing that they call it, but and and they will have their own rules about whether it's, um, you know, private. If it's confidential, you can't get it. But if it's a public record, maybe. Like in California, it is a public record once the person appeals it. So, I mean, every place has their own little nuances, their own rules, their own records, their own way they do things. And um,
0: And so in this case, D'Angelo filed a workers' comp claim, which would have remained private, except (laughs) as the little rageaholic that he is. <laughs> he appealed it, but I think it's. Please tell everybody because this is the part I can't believe. And why is it that the people who are the biggest dicks are also the biggest snowflakes? Why did he appeal for workers' comp? Oh,
1: well. well, because well, he filed the workers' comp saying, "Oh, the police chief in Auburn caused me too much stress. I can't work." So that was you know he wanted to collect. He wanted, after he got fired. He wanted to collect. And you can collect on a worker's comp claim if you can get a doctor to say you've had too much stress and that, you know, the police chief was the cause of his stress. So, of course, he got turned down and they said, no, this is not legitimate. No, we're not paying you. So, of course, he appealed it. Thinking he's always right, thinking he can pull one over on people because he's done it his whole life, you know. So of course he appealed it, and of course it was denied again. But you know, thankfully he appealed it, and that was a, a public record.
0: I cannot. I. I'm sorry. I'm just going to need like the. <laughs> there's not even a word for how big your balls have to be <laughs> to be a murderer <laughs> rapist, and then to want the state of California. So, by the way, you've already just already sucked resources from in Visalia. The state of California needs to pay you because your police chief caused you too much stress. The poor, yeah. poor baby. I can't imagine <laughs> the poor stress he must have gone through. What? Yeah. I, oh, my God. I just, the string of profanity I could unleash right now.
1: It's right. unbelievable. Just like on that just like all the stress they caused them when the French guy head butted too. <laughs> and just oh like all the God. stress that the courts caused them at the gas station. I mean, I just think it's amazing who can make this stuff up. You know, nobody. Um,
0: no. And, and you know what? Most of the people listening to this don't even have this many interactions with government and the police. Like that just, it's so fascinating to me that as a citizen, not as a criminal, but as a citizen, he ran around entitled and demanding things demanding that he be treated properly that's basically what all of this is saying is not even properly special he demanded people treated him special and so and that he was always being harmed the guy hit me the guy wouldn't give me my money back the guy was mean to me like it's unbelievable (laughs) to me and that this kind of research that you've done reveals this is of things that i think a lot it of people does. don't know
1: it does yeah, it really I mean, reveals a lot so you find
0: out no he's not i mean I, it's going to crack people up when i say he's a trash human but i'm really speaking to and i think this is probably I'm, i think this interview is well timed because it speaks to what we might read in the james huddle book about him being just a regular guy But the the fact of the matter is, and this research right here proves, no, he wasn't a regular guy. He was an asshole. He was always an asshole.
1: Exactly, Jennifer. Exactly. Everything he
0: did. I mean, like in everything he did, he couldn't even function as a citizen. It's you know, I hate, I dare that I make this comparison, but if you look at a Dennis Rader, who actually did parenting things um, and tried and 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 pretended to be I I don't know if we find this level of asshole and you know I really should go look because maybe there are things that said he was an asshole in life but that's not been my impression from what I've heard and what I've heard from Carrie his daughter so I mean again that's his daughter he's going to not be if you're if you're a good person in any way shape or form you're not going to be an asshole around your kid but of course I don't know how D'Angelo was with his kids I'm guessing he was this guy he had to be this guy he was this guy all the time he always was an asshole. Okay. Uh, I, I'm up my under my chair. And okay, so we have one last area here which I think is really great, but you've you mentioned it. It's the it's the idea of the college records, right? But there's one cat.
1: Yeah, the college records just have to be very old. I know I've pulled records out of Harvard University back East. I don't go back there and do it myself, but uh, they have lots of people there who are willing to do that for you. If you're very specific with names and dates and that sort of thing, they'll pull it and send it to you um, with all their grades, the years they were there, when they got expelled, everything is in there. So, um, and the other colleges use that 100 year mark, same thing. So oh, I won't be here in 70 years to get a copy of Mr. Loser's college academic records, but I hope somebody will be around, and I hope somebody will write it. Um, I do think people will be analyzing this long after we're gone. Um, one of the other well, places... And what
0: about, does it matter if they die? It doesn't matter if they're alive or dead, though, because, you know, Joe is getting old. There's a great chance that many of us will survive him. Um, it doesn't matter if he's dead, though.
1: Um, Usually, the college records being 100 years old means that the person who attended college was 20 years old, approximately, so that means the person would be 120 years old. I bet they're dead. Um,
0: Okay, uh, Okay, it's just probably a blanket rule then, but you do note that if you have written permission from the individual, in some cases, you could possibly get the records, and that's really
1: if you want to go down to the jail and get written permission from them i mean i'm happy to pull the records
0: (laughs) hey thank you i have many challenges in my life i'm not going to take that one no just no i don't care i don't care about Um, this guy so so okay one one
1: more one more place i did want to mention for records is the secretary secretary of state's office um Like if someone has a business, the business would be either a corporation or a LLC, a limited liability. Um, uh, Those things are listed. So if you have a business in your community called... um, hairstyles, et cetera, or something like that, you can look on the web in the secretary of state's thing, and they will tell you who owns, it says who owns the business. What it lists is the name of the agent for service of process, which is usually the owner. Um, If you're, you know, if it's like general motors or something, it won't be the owner. Um, It'll be a company that they hire to, you know, take service for them. But yeah, the secretary of state, um, they have a business search on the web and it takes one second to do that. So I definitely like to use that too.
0: Okay. This has been amazing. This whole thing has been amazing. And um guys, I hope you found this fascinating, deep. I can't thank you enough. I know, I know you were hesitant to do this, but I think the way we've done this so that we can share how research works, what you can reveal, what you can learn about somebody that you're not actually hearing right now in the news. I don't think this part of the story is particularly reported because it takes a lot of work and it's, and it's not necessarily something, you know, when sometimes journalists break these big stories, now you're starting to understand the amount of legwork that has to be done to really provide the background on these big stories. You also understand the value of Freedom of Information Acts, why public records are so important because you, then you can really put together what's the real truth about someone and their behavior, especially if they've done enough things where you can go evaluate their behavior through their actions. So I, I yeah I would like to thank you very very much for doing this interview. Um, I really appreciate it. And I thank and you I Jennifer. Thank there, you. Well, I hope everybody out there listening enjoys it, and um and come back next time I'm gonna um, we're gonna get I, I had told you we'll do these in I, this interview today I'm gonna to, um, also this weekend record some podcasts about the uh, pending motions for the next hearing and I thank you all for listening today venture highway
1: in the sunshine, where the days are longer the nights are stronger than